Welcome to the Way of the Emotional Warrior podcast. Where we investigate how to master and harness the energy of our emotions to regain our power, vitality, confidence, and quality of life. There are tons of websites, books, videos, and courses that speak about changing your thoughts and mindset. You know, three steps to this, nine tips for that. Old school personal development told us that all of our blocks come from the brain and our thinking process. However, new research proves that our thinking and decision making actually comes from our emotions. After all, emotions are energy in motion. Emotions drive our money decisions, life choices, relationships, and even our health and fitness. Having the life of freedom and joy that we all crave requires that we first master our emotional center. Welcome to The Way of the Emotional Warrior. Hello and welcome to The Way of the Emotional Warrior podcast. My name is Kai Ennis and today we will be answering the question of, I thought I was a really good person. Why did I do such a horrible deed? Have you ever thought the following while you were at your job? It's just a post-it note pack. They will never miss it. Or, hey, I could use a stapler at home. Now they charge enough money, it'll be all right. How about speeding on roads where you know the police simply don't patrol? These types of minor acts are still crimes. Yes, you are stealing from your employer. Now one thing's for certain, if they shorted your paycheck by even a single dollar, you would be all over payroll to fix it, right? Well, of course you would. So why the ambiguity and morality? Quite often, when we feel like we are being taken advantage of or we simply feel under, there is a small voice that tells us we can even the playing field by things like taking a longer lunch, looking up stuff that's for personal use on company time, or simply slowing down our productivity. I mean, seriously, who doesn't enjoy sticking it to the man? Now, for our purposes, I would like to investigate what type of people are more prone to do these acts, or maybe even worse. Numerous researchers in the field of psychology have studied the idea of why seemingly good citizens can do atrocious acts. Rabbi Harold Kushner wrote the book, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. Various stories in the Bible, like the story of Job, all the way to Viktor Frankl and his book, Man's Search for Meaning. Now, these are just some of the examples of why seemingly normal and good people have to endure tragedy and suffering. Would these people be justified if they acted out atrocious acts on others, animals, or maybe even the planet? Well, if you look at their stories, they actually transformed their pain and suffering into successful and helpful lessons and theories. Kushner wrote the book on his take on God's role in life and the tragedy of his son's illness to create a platform for how to deal with tragedy and loss. How many people have learned from the story of Job? It's countless. And Viktor Frankl, I remember when I read his book in college, the fact that he physically survived the concentration camps is absolutely remarkable. But then, to create a new discipline in psychology called logotherapy, whereby through a search for meaning and purpose in life, people can develop ways to deal with tragedy and hardship, well, I believe that qualifies him and the others as true emotional warriors. So what does this have to do with our dark side? The classic experiment was carried out by Stanley Milgram in 1963, whereby he studied obedience to authority. It aimed to test the level of naive subjects' obedience to authority. 
The subjects were told that the experiment tested the potency of punishment in improving learning capabilities and were asked to administer electrical shocks to a learner who was an accomplice in the experiment. The subject did not know the shocks were false. Measures were taken to convince the subject that the shocks were real. So the learner was given some pairs of words. Then he was told one from one of the pairs and four more words. The learner had to choose the word that came in a pair with the first word and press a respective button which turned on a respective light that the participant could see. The subject did not see or hear the learner. If the answer was wrong, the subject was to apply an electric shock to the learner and continue. Each time the subject had to increase the voltage of the shock by 15 volts. The voltage of electric shocks ranged from 15 volts to 450 volts and there were 30 switches. Now I just want to point out 15 volts. Think about what a 9 volt battery feels like, you know, the little uh, rectangular one. If you ever do what kids do, which is to stick that on the end of your tongue, I mean, you know that. Okay? Imagine that we start this whole experiment at 15. I mean, that was 9, this is 15, and now we're at 450. When the participant paused or stopped, four standardized phrases were used to tell them to go on. If, after being told all the phrases, the subject refused to administer more shocks, they were considered as one who defied the experiment. The others who carried on administered the highest shock were considered obedient. Importantly, when the subject applied the 300 volt shock, the last one in the intense shock subsection, the learner kicked the wall so that the subject could hear it and stop giving answers. The learner once again kicked the wall at 315 and then stopped giving any feedback at all. The subject was asked to wait for 5 to 10 seconds for the answer and when none was received, to proceed applying shocks. The subjects were agitated. They perspired, groaned, bit their lips, dug fingernails into their flesh, spoke to themselves, and nervously laughed. Three subjects experienced uncontrollable seizures of laughter. However, out of 40 subjects, 26 carried out the experiment to the end and administered 450 volts. None stopped at a level below 300. So out of 40 subjects, only 14 defied the experiment and at very high levels of voltage. So overall, 65% of the participants were willing to execute someone else when they heard cries for help. <sighs> wow. This was taken further by a documentary show called The Game of Death. Jeu de la Mort. My French is kind of rough, so... A French game show, La Zone Extreme, studied a few years ago 80 Parisians who were given the chance to take part in the pilot of a new game show called La Zone Extreme. The producer greeted each participant at the show and told them that they would appear in pairs, one as a questioner and one as the contestant. It was only once the participants arrived on stage and the host explained the rules that things got decidedly dark. The questioner was told to punish the contestant for any wrong answers with a sharp electric shock. They would have to increase the intensity each time up to a total of 460 volts. That's more than twice the voltage of a European outlet. Now if the pair made it through 27 rounds, they would win the show. The contestant was then taken into a chamber and strapped into a chair. While the questioner sat center stage and the game commenced. Now, since it was simply a pilot show, the participants were told 
There was no monetary prize for winning the game. Yet, the vast majority of the questioners continued to administer the shocks, even after they could hear the screams of pain emanating from the chamber. Participants who scored highest on conscientiousness were willing to administer the greatest electric shocks to their partners. So here it is. Really hear this. Those with the highest level of conscientiousness were willing to administer the greatest electric shocks. How many? 81% of the participants took it all the way to 460 volts. I mean, this just boggles the mind. So who are these people that are seemingly normal who can do these things? Well, according to behavioral scientist Laurent Begu, it's people with high self-control. These are people who do better in school, perform better at work, and even adopt healthier lifestyles. These are not really aggressive people. Israeli researcher Liad Uzil found that people who have high self-control tend to be cooperative and often are quite generous. He found that their generosity was often tied to whether or not they thought that they would be judged for their generosity. So, if they could remain anonymous, they were much, much more likely to give less and pursue self-interest. So it seems that those so-called nice people may actually have a streak of cooperation that would permit them to act out their dark side much more than the people who are a bit less disciplined. Can this help us on our quest of being an emotional warrior? Of course it can. There's always, always balance, the middle ground. Our dark side can assist us when we have to face adversity, pain, and suffering. It is the basis of resilience. However, this cannot be unbridled because if we suppress too much simply to gain more life points or levels in this game of life, then we can easily be manipulated and travel down a slippery slope where we do not recognize that we have become exactly that which we despise. Emotional warriors can use their dark side for the purpose of raising their own vibration and moving towards growth and fulfillment. You have to know your moral boundaries, and if those get approached, warning sounds should begin to ring, and of course, that should start you on your path to taking action. Manipulators know how to work these types of people to do their bidding. Be strong and know your truth. Then you can act and live a good life and master your emotions. Peace. Hey, thank you for sharing your time with us today. We would like to know what your thoughts are on today's topic. Please join the conversation on www.kyennis.com and at Instagram at Way of the Emotional Warrior. So have a great day and be well.